Good morning, brothers and sisters. And those of you who have joined us on live stream and have been joining us since this morning, we greet you in the name of the Lord. And those of you who may be listening to this at a later recorded date, we greet you in the name of the Lord. Today I am thankful that I get to speak about Jesus. Aren't you thankful that we get to hear about Jesus? This is why we have come. We've come to see Jesus. We've come to present Him, each one of us in our own measure. Not just the preacher. Everyone in the body has been given a measure of the Spirit. We've, we haven't just been come to, to, to be ministered to, but to minister. He is right here in the midst of us, and we've come to sit at His feet and learn of Him. We haven't come here to hear about the concerns in this present evil world. We have laid that aside to devote our minds entirely to the consideration of the Son of God. Our focus here is not the current state of the economy, but on the current work of the Lord of glory in heaven. The pulpit is not a platform for politics or for presenting our personal opinions. It's a platform for the proclamation of the powerful purpose of God in heaven. The pulpit is not a stage for entertainment, for joke-telling, for ear-tickling, or for other things not convenient. God forbid that we should gather here for the worse and not for the better. God forbid that we would gather to provoke the Lord of hosts. When the Lord said, set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth, we confess that we take that seriously. When He said, let all things be done unto edifying, we actually take that seriously here. Others may think that's not practical, but exactly how practical is it to not believe what God said? Others may preach with the individual as the focus, with the community as the focus, with the nation as the focus, and even with the church as the focus, but we preach with Christ as the focus. We preach with God as the focus. Others may tailor their messages for practicality according to the wisdom of men, but our message is the priest Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and we make no apologies for it. Christ is the power and wisdom of God. And that brings us to our text today. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, 
and the wisdom of God. It's a lot of people seeking after a lot of things today. Speaking about a lot of things today in the name of God. But if it isn't concerning the gospel of God, it's an ineffectual message. It won't produce the things essential for your salvation. Brethren, baptism is important. Make no mistake about it. But what's more important is becoming familiar with the God of baptism. And so Paul was not sent to baptize, but to deliver the message of the gospel. Being baptized is essential, but knowing what God does in baptism is just as essential, if not more than that. There are a lot of divisions and factions in our day would be utterly dissolved that they, if the people only became more familiar with God. We speak the plain truth of the gospel. We proclaim who Jesus is and what He is doing and what He will do and what God has purposed through Him. Brother David's class this morning, he preached how the Lord Jesus Christ required encouragement and strengthening from heaven. And how much more do we need it, brethren? And he did it not in the wisdom of words, but by the things that are written in the Word. If we preach the cross in the wisdom of words, it becomes of no effect. I'll tell you, wherever the wisdom of the world is used to present the gospel, it always makes the message ineffective. When people insert the opinions of man, the reasoning of the world, the ideas of the philosophers, the oratory of motivational speakers and the content of their message, it neuters the message of the cross. It robs the people of the power of God. This kind of thing, brethren, is near found everywhere in the, in the Christian world today. And these things ought not to be. For instance, many people today, are, they're saying things from the pulpit like this. And there's, and there's a tone that accompanies this too. There's... It, I call it the tone. They'll say, as fathers and mothers, we know that sometimes our children disobey us, but no matter how much they misbehave, we will always love them, no matter what. So you see, family has a, has a bond that cannot be broken. Your heavenly Father loves you no matter what you've done. You matter to God. All lives matter to God. He would never disown you because you disobeyed. That's why he died for you. God made everyone perfectly, powerfully, and purposefully. And so he loves you perfectly, powerfully, and purposefully. Now that sounds good and everything persuasive to the untrained ear, but it's not the truth. Things like that are filled with assumptions. They're filled with the wisdom of men. They're filled with philosophy. They're filled with deceit. They're filled with lies. They're filled with things that don't coincide with what God said in His Word. It says that God is angry with the wicked every day. It says that those who don't believe on the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on Him. That's what the Word of God says. Jesus said to some people, you are of your father the devil. 
That's what Jesus said. It says that the soul that committeth sin shall die. It says whoever committeth sin is of the devil. This is what it says in the scripture. Why would people say that family is a bond that can never be broken when Jesus said, I don't even think that I come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man at variance with his father. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. This message is just one example of what happens when the wisdom of men is used to present the truth. It becomes, it becomes an ineffectual and powerless message. Not only because the Scripture says so, and not only because it contradicts the things that are written, but because it's the evidence of what it's produced in the world that we live in today, brethren. A form of godliness that denies the power. Be, beware of any kind of teaching that sounds more like a motivational speech than the Word of God. The remedy... It's the foolishness of preaching. We declare plainly what God has done through His Son without seeking to codify it in the wisdom of this present evil world. We declare the truth of God as it is written. And to those who think that that's foolishness, well, they're perishing. Those who reject the message because it isn't culturally relevant are perishing. Those who prefer a more appealing message to this generation are perishing. Those who prefer that we would speak only smooth things are perishing. Those who condemn us for being negative are perishing. We proclaim the whole counsel of God. It's foolishness to some people. The cross of Christ is foolishness to some people. Why? Because they're perishing. Those who demand a message that is more in line with the ideas and philosophies of this present evil world are perishing. The Lord's message of salvation is the message of the cross. And you cannot scoff at the Lord's appointed means of salvation without perishing. Both we and our message to them will always be considered to be foolish and not without design. God intends to prove that the wis- that His wisdom is superior to the wisdom of the world. He intends to prove that His weakness is stronger than the strength of men. No man has ever figured out the things of God through human wisdom. We really only know what God has said about Himself. Human wisdom can never break through the barrier into the unseen realm. God has never one time been discovered by intellect. Solomon was given all the wisdom of the world and didn't know one single thing about life after death. His conclusion to the meaning of life was vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Talking about a person that had all of the wisdom in the world. And that's what his conclusion was. In Athens, all of the wise men and philosophers got together. All the Greeks got together and they, and they philosophized with one another. But when they were done, they had a statue to the unknown God. That's all they came up with. So why would anyone ever think that they can employ human reasoning and the wisdom of the world to bring us into a better understanding of the things that are already written? 
It's because they view the message as foolishness. And so it pleased God to save those who believe through the foolishness of preaching. He is pleased that we humbly come to Him believing and trusting in His Word. It's not foolishness to us who are saved. It's the power of God. It's not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's not a nice catchphrase. It's power. It takes divine power to save you. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. It's the sum total of the gospel of God who gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a declaration that anyone who will live must live through His death. Life only results from death. As far as we are concerned, without the death of Christ, there would be no life. There would be no salvation. There would be no forgiveness. There would be no reconciliation. There would be no peace. There would be no comfort. There would be no consolation. There would be no hope. There would be no promise. There would be no inheritance. But there is life. And there is an inheritance. And there is hope. Because there's a cross. We preach Christ and Him crucified. We preach the cross of Christ. To some, it's a stumbling block. The Jews saw the Messiah as, 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 as God who would come down to destroy His enemies and mightily rule the land. And when we present a, a Jesus who came to die in weakness, they esteem Him as a man that was smitten by God. They are even like Saul consenting to his death as one who is judged of God. The message is an offense to them. And so offended, they fall deeper into sin while seeking after certain signs that they might believe. They want a display of the awesome power of God to see with their eyes. But Jesus said a wicked and perverse generation seeks after a sign. And no sign shall be given to it, except, the, except for the prophet Jonah. And what was Jonah's message? In 40 days, God's going to destroy you. That's it. That's the message of Jonah to Nineveh. If you're seeking a sign from God, that's the sign He's going to give you. For God has chosen, God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And others like the Greeks who consider themselves to be intellectuals find the preaching of the cross foolishness. And the more a person becomes saturated and involved with the wisdom of the world, the more they conclude the message of the cross foolishness. Such a message to them seems like an outlandish fairy tale or a fable. Human wisdom and understanding can't reconcile life from death. Human wisdom and understanding can't reconcile peace from condemnation. They can't, they can't reconcile freedom and liberty from denial and sacrifice. 
To them, the death, suffering, and resurrection of deity is nonsensical. It makes no sense. It's something that they laugh at, but we preach it anyway. Because to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, because we are one in Christ, in Christ Jesus, there is no bond or free. There is no male or female. There is no Jew or Greek. All are one, see, in Christ. To those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. If you will only look upon the Son of God by faith, you will find an unfathomable power and an unsearchable wisdom. You will find through the eyes of faith the power of God that He is sitting right now at the right hand of the majesty on high. You will find that all things have been put under His feet, just as He said. And He has been highly exalted over all principality and dominion and powers. You will find in Him an effective power, a creative power, a saving power, a resurrection power, a cleansing power. It's a real cleansing power. It really cleanses you. A constraining power. A working power. A stabilizing power. A strengthening power. An edifying power. A keeping power. A living power. It's a power that worketh in us. It's a power given to us to become the sons of God. It's the power of an endless life. Everything that God is working in regards to mankind, He is working through His Son, through power. The Word of God is quick and powerful. If you do not have the Son, you do not have the power. Well, then what do you have? Well, you have a form of godliness that denies the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It, it really does something. It's not just empty talk. It's not in just words. It's in power. It's effectual. It does things. We are not powerless people in Christ. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, he writes to the Thessalonians. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, it does something. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. He's the power and, and the wisdom of God. There's a unique profundity and depth to the person of Jesus Christ. There's an illumination to his person. A greater than Solomon is here. Solomon showed us the wisdom of men, but Christ shows us the wisdom of God. God is showing his wisdom through his son. From the things that are made to the things that he's working in the earth to the, the deep things of God to the height and depth and length and breadth of salvation. This is true wisdom. This is superior to the wisdom of the world. This is wisdom that cannot be resisted. 
They were unable to resist the wisdom of his words. This is a perfecting wisdom. This is a pure wisdom, a peaceable wisdom, a gentle wisdom, a wisdom that's easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. It's a wisdom to be walked in. It's referred to as a treasure. And I can confess that it is a treasure, brethren. It's a wisdom that affects the heart more than the intellect. It's an illuminating wisdom. It's a guiding wisdom. It's a wisdom that ministers all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's an instructive wisdom. It's a teaching wisdom. It's my desire that ye might all be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This will not happen, brethren, if Jesus Christ and Him crucified is not at the heart of our message from this pulpit. The power of God and the wisdom of God proclaimed through the cross of Christ. We preach the cross while we follow Jesus. And so we are the people of the cross. I am redeemed, but not with silver. I am bought, but not with gold. Bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Our lives are His. If you're going to be saved, not only did it require Christ lay down His life, but you're going to have to lay down your life for Him as well. This isn't easy to do. This is not a convenient thing to do as we discussed earlier. The servant is not greater than his master. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No. There's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. Jesus said to us all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Fellowship with God begins with a cross. The cross was necessary for your entrance and the bearing of your cross is necessary for your continuance. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. Absolutely no one belongs to Christ who has not done this and is not continuing to do this. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. If you're not dead with Christ, you don't really believe that you'll also live with Him either. I understand people may say that they believe that, but the only ones who have this assurance of life with Christ are the ones who are busy dying with Him. The Scripture says that those of us in Christ Jesus are always Always, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The second you stop dying with Christ, you stop living with Him. Paul said, I am, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the cross is at the center of the message, brethren. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For as much then as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. That's the secret, brethren. That's the secret to living a, 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 a successful life for the Lord. Arm yourselves with that same mind. And the God of peace be with you. Wave the banner of the cross. Preach it loud and clear. May the manner of the cost reach out to every ear. The cross of Christ we're preaching for its power to be heard. The Son of God we're teaching here and not in earthly words. And though we seem as foolish to the proud in their perspective, God is pleased in what He chooses to confound those who reject Him. For if we do of man respect... We make the cross of no effect. Beware of those with speeches fair who've crept among us unaware. So preach Christ, Him crucified, that God afore has said, and preach that life comes only by the one who once was dead. And all your life will only be when you your life lay down. And if you are, brother, dead with Christ, there's laid up for you a crown. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the rest. Brother Robert has our exhortation.